Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs for Collision. And straight away, you're going to be like, Simon, where are you right now? Sometimes life throws you things, and you have to go to other locations. But does this stupid YouTube series ever stop? No. Also, if the rest of the world in 2024 could calm down, I would really appreciate it. And to try and lighten things up a bit. Look, I'm doing this next to a ladder. You can figure it out. It's like a stipulation, ups and downs. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's just do the show. The best thing about last week's AEW Collision is it's just so easy to watch. If you want two good hours of sports entertainment, this is how you do it. What a way we kick things off too, because yes, once again, I'm going to talk about this later. What it probably does need is a little bit more jeopardy when it comes to the matches. But we did do Eddie Kingston versus Brian Keith in a Proving Grounds match for the Continental title. And after we were done, I think we surprised Brian by giving him a contract He's all elite. Now, either he is the best actor ever and deserves some kind of award, or this took him completely by surprise, but it made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum because he was so damn happy. And that translated out of the screen. I was wiping something from my eye. Then I realized I had a fork in it. Even if Eddie did know he didn't care about any of this, he was just beating the hell out of this guy when we did start. And he started to give us some chops. Listen how good that sounded. Now, eventually, Brian did headbutt him when they fell out of the ring. When he threw the king... Into Barry Barricade. And I was like, why are we still doing this? He passed away in 2023. Let Bazza rest. Brian continued to just slam him and headbutt him too, so you can't say he didn't have a plan. And once again, when they did go to the outside, he hit a cannonball. I was like, well, I'm looking at my made-up strategy here. And you're doing really well. Tiger Driver then failed, so Kingston hit him with an exploder. But that's when I think Brian Keith realized this is just a maths game. So he hit him with an exploder too. When he finally got the drive of the Tigers... And he got a one-two, ooh, of course he did. And he then chucked him again, so Bride came back with a big old Enzigori. But he never saw the DDT coming. That kind of knocked him all woozly-boozly when he got absolutely wrecked with that back elbow. He didn't prove himself at all. One, two, three. This is when we did get all the big contract stuff, though, and that was absolutely lovely jubbly. <laughs> Brian Danielson came out for his match, and he just shoulder-barged him, sort of. So he started to plant those seats. And I bet Brian was like, listen, you're called Brian, and I'm called Brian, and you've just signed a contract, and there can only be one Brian, and that's me, Brian. What are you talking about? Point is, it's getting it up. John Moxley was also cutting a promo before all of this, because, of course, he hates the CMLL guys now. And he said something along the lines of, we're not like those lazy wrestlers from the other company, or words to that effect. Now, I could be completely wrong, but it kind of sounded like he was taking a shot at WWE. Now, I like it when we take shots. Sometimes they're fine. But seriously, in 2024, 
all wrestlers work hard. There's so much effort. I don't think we need to say it. Of course, though, we are building this Blackpool Combat Club versus CMLL feud. I actually don't know how that can be bad. This was proven instantly because it was Brian Danielson versus Echi Cero. I'm probably getting that name completely wrong. You're like, Simon, I hate you. Why can't you do a better job? And that's fine. I'm thinking that. You're thinking that. My parents are thinking that. So just leave me alone. And yes, look, I totally get it. It would have been better if we built this for weeks. But who gives a fluck? These two got in the ring and they put on a technical masterclass. It was absolutely beautiful. Commentators also made sure to put over Echi Serra as one of the best Mexican technical wrestlers of the last 20 years. And we know that's the same for Brian Danielson, so they just came together. They made this wonderful Pananza that everybody should go and check out right now. I mean, some of the transitions and reversals they were doing were proper 2 plus 2 equals potato, where they also had kind of like a leg lock contest. And Nigel McGuinness was great here too, because he was all like, oh, Echi Serra, he is so damn good. And then when Danielson based did the same stuff, he was like, man, how boring. The strikes then began and they were booting each other so damn hard. And of course, when somebody went for a hurricanrana, that was turned into a sunset flip because this was properly like, whatever you're going to do, I know how to counter it. And then the guy was like, well, that means nothing to me because I can counter that too. It was nuts. Eddie Sarah had Danielson's number so badly that we had to scramble to the ropes when all of a sudden we learned there was a theme on this week's episode collision, which is what the headbutts were all about. That's what the masked man went and did. Brian then went for one of his own, but he totally missed and fell into an armbar, which is when Mr. CMLL somehow turned that into a pin. I watched that about nine times. No, it totally baffled me. Hedgy Serra then went for the springboard because he totally forgot what kind of match this was, but he actually fell right into the label lock when these two just tussled around the place. And again, they were just countering everything. And if you told me you were going to do a two-hour block of this, I'd watch the whole damn thing. It's a little bit like watching two worms go at it, and no, I don't know what that means, when we got to the kicks and the backbreakers, when Brian felt like he had to try and escalate this, because he was going for the dragon screws, because he wanted to flub up this guy's knee. That also didn't work, though, because Edgy Serra reversed that, and eventually, when he was going for one final submission, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, was like, man, screw this, and he turned it into the most devastating move <laughs> in all of sports, and with the surprise roll-up, and he got the one, two, three, and it was so well done and so fast, that is how you do it. Brian looked totally relieved after this as well when Echi Serra attacked him when Claudio Castagnoli made the save. As you can see what we're doing here. We're building for the future and we'll probably do some matches down in Mexico. Oh, this is going to be fire. Oh, this is getting it up. FTR and Daniel Garcia were then chatting to Lexi Nair and they were all like, we didn't know we were going to come together like this. But boy, howdy, we're really pleased about it. Cass and Dykes were also a little bit miffed that they're not in the tag team rankings, which is a very fair point. But given that they are in the trios ones, well, why don't we go after some of that gold instead? Like you're damn right. It also means the chapter with the House of Black is done. So they're going to go after Christian Cage and the patriarchy. I don't really understand where that has come from. They're all so good. I don't actually mind. When Collision peaked, I mean it. The Outrunners were here, and I don't think I could love them any more if I tried. I mean, they totally understand what their roles are. They totally understand their characters. They totally understand wrestling, and they just want to have a good time. So they were taking on Hook, and the wonderfully haired warrior whooped their ass. They also made sure to show clips of Hook versus Brian Cage, which is a feud for some reason I'm really looking forward to, because I think they've talked me into it, when, of course, Hook grabbed Floyd and just threw him around like he was nothing. Now, for a little while, the outruns were like, well, we can work together. That didn't work, because Hook grabbed both of them, and he threw him around like they were kids. Floyd then went bonkers, because he thought he could achieve something, but instead he went right into the red front, and he had to tap out. And I actually thought this was a great way to keep Hook's momentum going, after everything with Samoa Joe. Also, come here a second. Please feature the outrunners more genuinely make me happy 
giving it up. Tony Schiavone was then interviewing Mark Briscoe, and I had this moment where I was like, man, I tell you, this guy could be the best babyface in wrestling right now. He's just so lovable. He was talking about how hard his year has been as well, which got you right in the tootsie toes, but also how last week the House of Black had tried to screw him over, but he came back to help his friends, and all his buddies went and won. It's true. Problem is, he had forgotten wrestling rule 14.08, and because he had said the Hobbs name a lot, all of a sudden the electrics went weird, and who appeared on the big screen? And obviously it was the House of Black. Now, I think Malachi insinuated that he was going to kill Mark Briscoe, because he said something along the lines of, I tell you why I like magicians, because they make people disappear. And I'm like, listen, dude, if you do that, the cops are going to ask questions. They then mucked around with the lights again, and we basically established this is our new program. But that means Mark is going to have to get a couple of friends, which you would presume would be FDR. But Cash and Dax just said they were done with the House of Black. Ha. Still, Briscoe is the best, as are the HOB. So if you put them all together, they may be able to cook. Give them some eggs. We will see. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We then had a quick video for Adam Copeland and all the matches he's been winning, which was very handy because we do need a TNT title match at Revolution, so that will tie in when we continue the comeback trail for Serena Deeb. But this was very interesting because Deeb was taking on Queen Aminata, who also has been really good recently. And I was like, well, who the flub is going to win this? I mean, I knew, but sometimes I like to add some sauce. Now, Serena was doing a usual thing of applying all the holds when the Queen came back with a big old shoulder tackle, when Deeb was like, uh-uh, I'm going to put you in a half crab. I was like, has anybody ever asked a crab if they appreciate this? I don't know what that means. Her Majesty then busted out a suplex as Dee came back with a neck breaker when she was going for the detox. But the Queen ain't no idiot. She was like, I know that's your signature move and I'm not going to let you hit it. Instead, she went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. On this occasion, it sucked to be her. It didn't work. She should go yell at her jester. Aminata then headbites Serena too. So once again, that was the theme of the show when they ended up on the outside. When unfortunately for her, she got tied around reading the ring post in the damn figure four. Somebody called Bret Hart. Aminata just completely refused to be hit with the detox though, which was kind of a mistake because she forgot about the serenity lock. And eventually she did fall into that. And nobody can escape such a hold. 
she had to tap out. So this is great for Serena D because she has come back with all the power in the world. When it comes to Queen Aminata, we should probably sign her. She gets better every single week. Give it a nub. It was time for a Swerve Strickland interview after this. I tell you, that guy. His big tone was talking to him and asking him about this number one contender match with Adam Page on Wednesday. Swerve's like, don't worry about it, I'm gonna win. He also talked about the fact that it is Black History Month and he mentioned dudes like Ron Simmons, Kofi Kingston and Athena, who don't forget is killing it right now down in Ring of Honor. I mean, she's still the champion. It's one of the best runs of the modern era. The whole point though is that Strickland has to win the World Championship in 2024 and add his name to this list. And even though he's done some terrible things to get here, he ain't apologizing for none of them. I was like, you damn right. That was not the right word. Apologizing, he wasn't going to say sorry. So then tried to poke the bear because he was like, oh, well, you had beat Adam Adam Page twice, but you had to use the Mogul Embassy every time. Strickland was like, let's deal with numbers here, pal. Exactly. I'm 2-0 up. Come Wednesday, it's going to be three. Prince Nana also made it clear that they will be in his corner for that match when Swerve was like, uh-uh, that's great and all, but you cannot interfere. That's when I was like, I think I know where this one is going to go. And actually, if we do that, it does make sense. The big takeaway, though, is that when we get to the end of this 12-month period, Swerve Strickland has to be the AEW World Champion. Like, it's right there. And all we've got to do is put in the date in the diary and make sure we pull that trigger. It's going to be damn good. This was yet more proof that he is ready to go as well. And Swerve is just smashing it right now. So much so, he's getting it up. Tony Storm and friends were then having a big old chat backstage. And this is going to go so badly. Because Mariah Ray was trying to talk about her wrestling. The timeless one was like, ha, ha, I don't care. You also threatened to eat Gianna Perazzo, which is the second time she's done that. When, I swear she said to Luther something along the lines of, we need to make a video proving that I'm a great technical wrestler. Now, come here a second. We need to do that, AEW. And we need to do that right now. We can also tie it into what was next because she is going to be taking on Red Velvet on Dynamite. So here it was Red Velvet versus Vert Vixen. Almost like this stuff is planned. Instantly Red smashed her with a leg larry and a bulldog too. And she hit the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the blue thunderbolt. Did it work? Of course it didn't. It never does. Now Vixen was able to regroup with a big old boot. <laughs> that was about it. Because she went for a slam. That got reversed. Red was kind of done with it. She slammed her with the back of the knees to the back of the head. Or the double knees to the back of the head. What I just said made no sense. And she got the one, two, three. That felt like her first big win in ages. So this was a smart move once again, because of course it means now she does have a bit of momentum before she takes on the Timeless One, who is the AEW champion, don't forget. And also, I think Red Velvet is seriously underrated. She's really good. Uh, however, we are going to go back to the future and tying into what I said earlier, this was another episode of Collision where there just wasn't much jeopardy. Nobody was playing the game show. That doesn't actually take anything away from the show itself, because I had a good old time. But when you can predict basically 92.7% of all of the matches... Well, it does affect things a little bit. And once in my brain, I can't unsee it. So I am going to give it a down. Is it a big deal? No, I just told you. I'm a massive geek. Sometimes these things happen. What's more and more important when it comes to trends is that we got to another collision main event. It was just utter fire. Usually featuring FTR. I mean, they won't let this go. Good. They're also teaming up with Daniel Garcia to take on Christian Cage and the Patriarchy. And we had Matt Menard on commentary too. This was like going home for Christmas was warm and comforting. And Nick Wayne and Dax did start here as well when they kind of locked up. As soon as they did break up, we got to the chops. Love it. Now, Cage tried to use this to his advantage, but he just got slammed three times when Wayne got back in there and he just smacked Dax right round the face. I was like, bro, I think you should have done that. As Garcia was desperate for a tag, though, he eventually got in there, which meant it was Nick Wayne versus Daniel Garcia. 
Once again, this was just a look into what we could do down the line. So if I was now Tony Khan, I'd get my booking book, if it is called that, and I would just pick a random month, let's say September. There you go, September 2024. We should do this feud, because from the couple of minutes I got here, it is going to rule. Eventually, the patriarchy remembered they don't have any morals, so they put their Captain Planet rings together, and they started to do a bunch of trios combos. I was like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Certainly, though, they hadn't been watching the show at all because they went for a headbutt and totally missed. And this is when the commentators started to go, wait a minute, that old Luchasaurus, now Kill Switch, he hasn't been in this match, so everybody needs to be worried because don't forget, he's a dinosaur. So FDR went for a spike pile driver and have a guess who broke it up. That's right, it was the T-Rex. As Cash and Dax had to go sort him out too, all of a sudden Nick Wayne was back and he hit a code red when the Turk klaxon went off. Ha! And it was just move, 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 move. Now Dax was able to get a back suplex in there when a bunch of guys found themselves on the outside of the ring when the patriarchy had a little bit of confusion or miscommunication. Now I'm a bit worried about kill switch here because he keeps getting into these scrapes do you not think he's already sad enough? Of course he is. His whole ancestry and family died billions of years ago by an asteroid. From there, Harwood got the hot tag, but I was totally lost because this was going all over the place, but that was totally fine. But he stopped Wayne. He smashed Christian. Daniel then quite literally threw Cash and killed Switch before Nick got brain busted. So fast. Wayne was then so mad he was raking people's eyes like it was 1987, but Garcia still got the neck breaker in there when he went to the top, got shoved off, and he fell right into a cutter. I was like, yeah, this is great. This set up everyone to hit their finishes, so I was spinning around like Kylie Minogue, and actually the last man standing here was none other than Daniel. So you can see what we're doing. Because as Nick was going to go for the Wayne's world, he used his brain and instead hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment that the brains roll up. And he got the one, two, three. And now straight away you're going, wait a minute, Simon, that's two surprise roll-ups in one show. And you're right, we probably didn't need to do that here. Especially because the one in the Brian Danielson match was so damn good. So I am going to give it a down. But that's such a minor down. Who the hell cares? Because after this, Dan was also looking at that TNT title as we insinuated that maybe he wants it. And that's doubly intriguing. Because, of course, Adam Copeland wants that too. But that's how you make a belt important. If you have a bunch of individuals going, oh man, I'd like it for Christmas... Well, it just tells you, you should want it too. So I just thought it was so damn good. And once again, it opened a bunch of doors. And the collision main event never misses. It's getting it up. And of course, you've already figured out that the whole show is going to get an up too. I mean, we've talked about some criticisms. They don't take away from the overall fun. And look, there's a video on the screen right now. Maybe, I don't know, in this weird place. There is ups and downs for SmackDown. So make sure you click it. Leave a comment below telling me I'm a moron. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And I will see you throughout the week. Maybe I'll change rooms just to confuse you. I'm a modern-day Lex Luthor. See you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.